Some tough language surrounding what's going to happen with the border deal, the immigration bill in Washington. President is weighing in. The former president has weighed in. Stephen Portnoy is ABC's national correspondent based in Washington, and he is with us this afternoon. Boy, Stephen, this has just turned into a mess. It certainly has. And as uh, you look, Chuck Schumer, the top Senate Democrat, said today this is a bad day for the republic. And he might be disappointed, not just that this, uh, you know, what he wants to become law is not going to become law, but also the reason behind it. And that is that this delicate uh, bipartisan compromise didn't last 48 hours, that Republicans today signaled that they would filibuster the bill, that they were a part of negotiating when that comes up for a vote tomorrow. And what does it say about Washington's ability to get anything done? And the idea that, you know, hard problems can be solved through bipartisan compromise. Um, Look, there's it was everyone knew going in that it was going to be incredibly difficult to get a border policy deal done because everyone had entrenched views and, you know, positions that that, that they were, were afraid to vacate or otherwise abandon. And so what you had was a delicate compromise that that involved Uh, an effort to try to ramp up deportations and ramp up detentions, things that Democrats were not happy about, but they swallowed because they know that the president is vulnerable on this now. And you had Republicans willing to agree to asylum reforms that would have asylum seekers released into the country with supervision or monitoring of some type. Um, And you would have uh, a trigger whereby if a certain number of migrants were trying to cross each each day, something like 5,000, although it was a mathematical formula, that it would al- allow the president to shut or order the president to shut down the border uh, such that there'd be a certain number of migrants who would be allowed in. And look, the, the point is, Republicans in the House said no thanks. They said that they passed a bill last year, H.R. 2, that includes what they want to see. And what they're counting on is the election of Donald Trump to be president of the United States. And when he's president, they believe that he's going to, on his own, enforce the existing immigration law in a way that uh, the country will find more favorable. And that uh, Joe Biden has presided over this influx and that he has uh, shown fecklessness. This is the Republican position. And the best solution right now is the better solution is to do nothing if Democrats won't accept the provisions in H.R. 2, which would dramatically reform uh, the system, and uh, Democrats are not about to accept that. So where we are right now uh, is nowhere. And you've got to wonder how the United States is going to live up to its commitments, stated commitments, on, from the leaders of both parties to support Ukraine and its effort to fend off Russian aggression, and how it's going to stand by Israel. Today, the House is going to vote on a bill that would fund Israel without any kind of border provisions, but the president yesterday threatened to veto it, because it's a standalone bill, and he would prefer that these things be worked out together. So, oh, and by the way, one other thing, tonight the House is expected to vote to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary. So uh, quite an interesting day here in Washington, D.C. Yes, to put it mildly, Stephen, it looked like we were kind of working toward a breakthrough, and that didn't last terribly long. The Republican senators who oppose the bill, in, in their eyes, what does the bill lack? What does it not do enough of? Well, it's interesting. You know, the the Republicans who were a part of these negotiations and the Republican Senate leader who was championing the negotiations, Mitch McConnell, they say it's simple, that the Speaker of the House has his objections. 
And because the Speaker of the House has objected and says that it's dead in his chamber, why should Republicans stick their necks out at this moment in time when you have the man who would be the standard bearer of the party, the former president, Donald Trump, saying that Republicans would be stupid to uh, sign on to what he calls a death wish for the Republican Party. And so with the House members locking their arms against this, the Senate Republicans are going to say, well, if they're not going to accept it anyway, why should we take this vote? And so tomorrow they're expected to vote to block this bill from moving forward. They're going to filibuster it. Stephen, I find myself thinking about Ronald Reagan. And Republicans used to say that they admired Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan probably couldn't even get elected today because he's willing to talk to Tip O'Neill. But my, my question is, when you think about guys like Reagan and guys like Tip O'Neill, are there still voices in the Senate or in the House that are willing to really talk to the other side and be able to do it in a way that they can move something forward and have their own caucus get behind it? A small number. And one of the reasons why Chris Murphy, the Democrat negotiator, said that he was so demoralized and really bewildered by all this today, he even said on the floor, what the hell happened here? How could this have happened? Uh, what, what's demoralizing to him is the idea that the Senate, as a place where bipartisan deals can emerge, is now undermined. And you really do have to wonder how the Congress can tackle in a dynamic that we currently have, where the Republicans have an extremely narrow majority, where the Democrat in the House, the Democrats have a rather narrow majority in the Senate, too, and you need 60 votes, and the two parties, generally speaking, are so polarized, how it is that the Congress is, is positioned to solve big problems when the country is divided on these issues, too. And it sounds so easy, right? We can all just sit in a room and, and hammer out our differences. But what you can't do is you can't remove the fact that this is, is going on in a political context. And the, the, the current president of the United States is weak on this issue, and his political opponents want to take advantage of it. And as much as Democrats want to try to demonstrate that they're willing to work with Republicans to do something, and Republicans in the Senate certainly wanted to demonstrate that they were interested in, in, in making law, it just doesn't seem to have worked out. And in their infinite wisdom, the founders set up a system whereby sometimes it's very difficult to get anything done. And that's playing out before our eyes in real time. So, Stephen, a vote is scheduled for tomorrow. Is this thing really going to move through, do you believe, or are we kind of at a stalemate? Well, it's, it's likely. I mean, everyone seems to believe now that the, the vote, when it comes, will fail to achieve 60 votes tomorrow, that Republicans in mass, and maybe even some Democrats, too, will vote to block it. Democrats who oppose it have their own reasons. They say it's too strict. Never mind, not tough enough. So uh, it, will, it will likely fail. That's everyone's expectation now. If it turns out differently tomorrow, we'll all be surprised. And then the bigger question is, again, how does the United States live up to its commitment to support Ukraine and its effort against Russia? And how does the United States support Israel in its war against Hamas? Uh, there's no real vehicle for that right now. And the president uh, today was asked whether he would support standalone measures. He said he wasn't really ready to concede on that. Remember, it was the Republicans' idea last fall that it, the United States should not spend another dime to help Ukraine defend its border without fixing the problem on the American border with Mexico. And so for the last four months, there have been these bipartisan negotiations to try to solve that problem. And that delicate negotiation finally ended. The bill was released two days ago, and now it's dead. It's stunning how fast this happened. ABC's Stephen Portnoy is the national correspondent based in Washington. Stephen, thank you so much. You bet. I think it's just so frustrating when we teach our kids to talk things out. We teach our kids to compromise. 
We teach our kids to be principled and flexible at the same time. And in Washington, we're getting nothing of that. None of that. There are, what, 535 members of Congress, and there's maybe 10% of that that's willing to listen to the other side, and then they're afraid they can't win an election, so then they stop listening to the other side. And what happens in the Senate happens on a regular basis. People actually agreed to the compromise, and now former President Trump weighs in, and they're backing away from it. And this has nothing to do with me about the policy we're discussing. It's the process, and it is so broken.